Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about the peculiar brand of Christians. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day, we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God, you can weather the storms of life, and you can bear fruit. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we are talking about why Christians are peculiar and what that actually means. And this is a word that if you pull the King James Version of your Bible off the shelf, you're going to read it often. Titus 2 verses 11 through 14 says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Now, when we think of a peculiar people today, you know, we see bizarre, strange people who, who go to the beat of their own drum, right? And I think of carnivals. You, you see strange things there. I know plenty of Christians who have taken this call to be peculiar as being just a little strange. And, and that's okay. Uh, God loves them. But just being strange is not what this word originally meant. That may have been part of it, but it wasn't all of it. You know, the word peculiar originally came from the Latin peculium, which means private property. And so when the King James Version was originally written in the 1600s, they used that word to describe private property, but not just any old private property. This was a treasured possession that belonged to God. You know, for the English-speaking people of that day, peculiar, then it just means something that was strange or bizarre. They understood it to be talking about something that was special to God. In Deuteronomy 14, 2, God told Israel, Thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God, and the Lord hath chosen thee to be a peculiar people unto himself above all the nations that are upon the earth. Or as people in the 1600s would have understood it, the Lord chose the Israelites to be his special property or possession. And in 1 Peter 2, 9, we see that God has extended this promise to us today. Ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Yet that is who God says you can be. You could say that that's your brand, that he's willing to stamp you with. Not because you did something that earned that brand, but because God so loved you and me, that he gave his only begotten son, that whomsoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, back in Titus 2, we saw that it's the grace of God that brings salvation. And it is what teaches us to reject the world so that we can be redeemed from sin and purified so we will be zealous for good works. You know, because God loved us and we accepted him on his terms, God made us his peculiar possession. And we're told God purchased us for a purpose. You notice here in 1 Peter chapter 2, where it says that we are a holy nation, a peculiar people in 1 Peter 2 verse 9. And holy is a very basic word. It means separate or to be set apart. And peculiar in our modern day language, it means something that is different. It's not normal. It's strange. And while that's not all it means, being strange, it's not enough. 
It is part of it, though. That's exactly what this word holy conveys. Christians should not be normal. Matthew 6, 24 says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. 1 John 2, uh, 15 through 17. It says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. And in James 4.4, James writes, Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. You know, the bottom line is Christians must be different, different than the world. But why would we do that? It would be so much easier just to blend in, to not rock the boat. But God insists on holiness because he gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works in Titus 2.14. God gave himself for us so that we might be purified and become holy or different or peculiar. But as we finish up today, I want to focus on another aspect of this word peculiar, because it's not just that we need to be strange. There are lots of strange people out there, and I don't think they are supposed to be our role models. If we are just marching to the beat of our own drum, that's fine maybe, but it's being different without a real purpose. But this word peculiar, it also means a treasured possession, God's special private property. And we need to let God transform our minds so that we act differently. Being peculiar or being a treasured possession doesn't mean we need to wear weird clothes or talk in old English to set ourselves apart as different. Maybe instead it means we're the people who stop for someone who needs help in the grocery store instead of rushing ahead to stay on our schedule. Or we're the people that don't lash out when someone criticizes us. We turn the other cheek. Or maybe we're the people who say that we have to skip the soccer game on Sunday because we need to be with the church. We are supposed to be different. But just being strange isn't enough. We need to be strange because we belong to God. And we, as Romans 12 puts it, are letting ourselves be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That is why we are peculiar. And that'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. I'm looking forward to sitting down and studying God's word with you next time. Thank you so much for stopping for this episode of Rooted Daily. It is so important to take a few minutes to root ourselves in Christ and in his word. I'm so glad you did it with us today. If you think that it's important that others hear this good news, make sure to hit the share button and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app. It helps us reach more and more people with the message of Jesus every day. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Christ, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com right now.